Welcome to Explore the Space. We're digging into healthcare issues that matter most. Our guests and conversations mine these issues for perspective and answers. There is a gulf between healthcare and our communities. This is the place to talk about it. Now here's your host, Dr. Mark Shapiro. Welcome back to Explore the Space and welcome to episode 141. My guest in this episode is Dr. Teresa Chan. And Teresa Chan is one of those people who does so much cool stuff, so much cool stuff. You need a lot of time to get into all of it. We got into some of it. She is an associate professor at McMaster University in Canada. She's an emergency medicine physician. She is the social media lead for the McMaster Department of Medicine. She has been one of the people in the life sciences and in medicine in particular who has been way out in front of the effort to get all of us on board to use social media as a tool to improve patient care, build our careers, build our departments, reshape the way we look at our profession. She is way out ahead in all of this stuff and she is really, really good at it. It was incredible to speak with her. I learned so much from her. You will too. This is a good one. There were a couple of things that came up that really resonated for me. I will ask Those of you who do take a listen, circle back on social media and let me know what those were. She'll be tagged on the episode too, but circle back. There's good stuff in here. There's some really important insights and thoughts into this landscape that is changing right underneath us. And our profession is no different than any other profession. All of us are going through this right now. It's really exciting and it's great to have leaders like Teresa around to help guide, mentor, and innovate. Before we get to the conversation with Teresa, definitely check out the website for Explore the Space at www.explorethespaceshow.com. As I said, circle back on social media and let me know what your kind of key takeaways were from this. I'm on Twitter at ETS Show. I'm on Instagram at Explore the Space Show. You can also email me, mark at explorethespaceshow.com. It's amazing to hear from listeners, so please do shoot me an email if you're so inclined. Any platform you'd like to listen to podcasts, Explore the Space is there. Definitely subscribe to the show. If you have a moment to leave us a rating and a review, that is much appreciated. Again, this was really fun. Teresa is doing incredible stuff. It was a blast to speak with her. It was a blast to go across the border and and get some insights from our friends in Canada as well. Without further ado, Teresa Chan. Teresa, welcome to Explore the Space. Thank you very much for coming on. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be on the show. Can we go through a checklist? Yeah. This, this, This occurred to me this morning, actually. I was thinking to myself, Teresa is one of the like, she's one of the founders. She's one of the originators of all of this incredible social media milieu that physicians and healthcare professionals, nurses, residents, we're all jumping into this big pool. You've not just been in the pool for a while. You helped build the pool. So I want to do a little checklist with you. And you tell me if you tell me if you're doing this work or not. Is that, is that okay? Sounds good. All right. Podcasting. Yes, I help with the Macabridge podcast. We started in January of 2019, and we've just, um, as of um, like earlier this month, uh, had our sixth podcast episode, and we're still going strong. Blogging. Yep, I work with uh, Academic Life and Emergency Medicine and Canadian. I've uh, written for the blog, edited for the blog, and currently am helping out with behind the scenes of uh, at least uh, a, a bit on both ends. YouTube. Um, I have like a couple of YouTube live things that are uh, secondary to like the 
Alien Faculty Incubator Program. We kind of do some chats with like celebrity medical educators, celebrities in quotations there, but definitely people of note in the field and uh, those are available. Mm -hmm. Social media, including Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat. So I do Twitter. I do Facebook a little bit. I do Insta increasingly. Um, our board game has an Instagram account and Canadium has a new uh, Instagram account. Um, and Aliens also got an Instagram account. And then LinkedIn is what we're using for our Department of Medicine uh, social media kind of like home base right now until we redo our um, website. Um, and I'm helping with co-managing that. And um, I also use like the nerdier social media, such as ResearchGate. I say Google Scholar is probably one of those as well. And I guess I have an account for Academia EDU, but it's not there. And then for my reviewing, there's Publons now, which is increasingly kind of a social space where people can share their editing, their reviewing, and all of that other kind of goodness. And then the, this is the last one, and this is the one I'm the most excited about because I already know the answer. Board game creator. Exactly. So, I mean, that's like <laughs> the, one of the less uh, digitally oriented, but definitely to me is still a form of social media, actually. It's so uh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Let's take this as a whole, and then let's add to this the fact that you – you're an associate professor of emergency medicine. You're on teaching faculty. You're seeing patients. You're working with students and residents. This is this is this is this is wild. Uh, the, the summation of all of this stuff that you're doing on the surface feels unbelievable. Oh, but I'll submit to you, and I want your opinion on this. <laughs> it feels like this is the new normal. That what you have created over the last, let's call it a decade or so. Is this going to be the new normal for physicians? No, I don't think that I would be a normal person in any way, shape, or form by anyone's standards. You could ask my partner that. He'd probably be the first to vouch that I'm pr pretty abnormal. My, my mom calls it AD <laughs> normal because uh, uh, <laughs> that's what she likes to say. Uh, but I, I don't think that this is the, uh, the standard or the norm that we, okay. need to, we, we need to be asking people to do. But I think it is... Um, a group of people that are out there that are finding each other on social media, yourself included, uh, that we might not have otherwise found. So whereas it might have been that in the prior generation of people before we had social media, um, individuals like Brent Toma and I wouldn't have found each other as a, as a great research dyad, right? Or myself and got Mike Gottlieb. We would have been digitally disconnected because digital didn't exist yet. And we would have been slaving away in our own little silos and our own little shops, feeling really lonely. And I think that the new academic now has the potential of unleashing, I guess, the, the research kraken in them, right? Um, and being That is an awesome term, and I love it. <laughs> I will use to... it, and I will share, I will give you full credit, but the research <laughs> kraken is yeah. awesome. Yeah, but the idea is that, you know, um, a lot of us, we're, we're lonely in the kind of work that we do academically. And sometimes we don't even know it until we find our, uh, I guess, to use a very Canadian term, kindred spirit, right? Straight out of Anna Green Gables. The other people that think like you, that um, have ideas that can be a little zany and yet somehow uh, be different enough from you cognitively to be able to accentuate your idea and make it better. 
um, those people are not always at your shop. And I think that what we're seeing now is people that always had the potential of doing great work, um, but maybe we're isolated, maybe we're the outliers finding each other through the digital spaces. What I will suggest to you is the next phase for us in terms of building off of what you just said, which is 100% correct, is for us to, and maybe we can do a little bit of that now, is to resolve the, I don't know if tension is the right word, but maybe the lack of coordination around this idea of physicians who are in, quote, academics and physicians who do other things. I would be in that other category. I'm not in an academic position. Um, I'm in leadership. I do recruiting. I do all those other things. I'm very busy clinically. But all of those things that you just listed that you feel like have amplified your career and make a more robust platform for conversation and growth and research and learning and pure fun, I'm deriving exactly the same, exactly Exactly. the same stuff. Yeah. I would say physician leaders all over are having that same phenomenon, right? Like I think um, they're finding other leaders in hashtags such as HCLDR, which is healthcare leaders for short, right? Uh, They're finding other people through um, tweet chats and being able to connect with people. And I do think that that's definitely a big shift in the world that is almost like a seismic one, um, that we can find the other people who are unique and special in that way um, through kind of these digital media. Like, for instance, like you mentioned that I've helped make a board game. And uh, the board game has its own little Twitter account, Gridlock Game. um, And we're able to connect with other serious game producers, whether they're in healthcare or not. Um, And we are often kind of like connecting and amplifying each other, um, inspiring each other, sending each other test copies to check it out. Um, I think that's the kind of like spirit that we're working on right now. Um, And you don't always uh, have the chance to do that in terms of uh, your local milieu, because maybe you're the only little weirdo that does board games, not in my shop, but like maybe somewhere else. You're like, no one else is interested in board games. That's not me. Um, And online, you realize you're not actually that weird and that you aren't by yourself. And there's a whole movement of people doing serious games work. And it's actually serious academic work in some areas as well. So I think that that's the power of uh, the connectivity that we have these days. I want to spend a little more time on the board game. I have it. I think it's totally fun. It's the sort of analog experience in a digital world, which it took me back to like playing Oregon Trail in elementary school. Yeah. It, it's like, it, it's... Scrabble, Monopoly, right? Like Exactly. Yeah. At the so same I, time, it layers on exactly what you just said. I would have never found out about it if you and I weren't connected on Twitter. Yeah. And then I saw you tweet about it. I bought it that night because I like board games. They're really fun. They're communal. Yeah. They're exciting, right? They're challenging. And this, is, this one is applicable. It's how do we move patients through an emergency department? It's really cool. Yeah. But at the same time, it, it is rocket fuel for the digital experience. And then the digital experience is rocket fuel for the analog experience. That's an interesting, that's kind of an interesting mathematic that we get to work with, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I think it's a different world than we grew up in, right? Um, for sure. I also am of the Oregon Trail kind of like generation. Yeah. And... I vaguely remember that, and uh, I remember my first computer was didn't have the internet. Was uh, you know had two hundred fifty six megabytes, I think. Um, had uh, the giant floppy disk, the three and a half inch ones that were yeah. you know 
as opposed to little tiny. No, actually the five and a half inch ones as opposed to uh, five and three quarter, I guess it is. Um, and then the ins and then it went down to the little discs and then the CD-ROMs and then the internet came along and then now we're doing this by video conferencing. Right, so right. Right? But like if that's... we go all the way back to the Oregon Trail, right, the first rule of Oregon Trail is take all the water you can. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Um, so then when you're doing this, you got into this early, right? It wasn't as far back as Oregon Trail and floppy disks, but I get the sense that you were in your professional career an early adopter to all of those things that we listed on that checklist at the top of the show. What brought you into this? What helped you get past the barriers that so many people in our profession feel this isn't for me. I don't want to do this. I'm worried. There's a number of concerns and they're fine and they're valid. What helped you get through those so quickly? Um, mentorship. I mean, I think a big part uh -huh. of it was that I actually didn't even use my Twitter account. I had a Twitter account in 2009, but I actually, you look at my analytics and you realize I didn't actually start using it till I felt safe and I was done residency and had a job locked out. So yeah, yeah. that's a big part of it, right? Like as a resident or a trainee, you might feel, feel safe. They're really brave uh, med students and have and have a role model for me what it means to be in a vulnerable position and yet be um, honest and 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 really um, uh, genuine and authentic online and uh, people like Eve Purdy who's now a PGY five resident so she's been a role model of mine since she was a medical student um, and she's fantastic Dr Eve Purdy at Queen's University uh, there's a bunch of our own residents that like just were great online before and still continue to be role models we would like uh, Dr Chad B Singh and and uh, Dr Joanna Dita who's now online and Dr Layla Nasser who actually I had to convince actually I started her Twitter account on her phone for her I was like I'm not <laughs> that's awesome her. and 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 I encouraged her because she's just a wonderful person I'm like if you are just yourself online and you are just authentic, then it should be fine, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he is such a wellness champion. I was like, you have to share this with the world. Uh, she was just phenomenal. So yeah. that's been a big part of the, 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 the realness of it. And then role modeling from above too, right? So um, one of my local, um, like the people that in, in my shop, in my silo, um, is uh, Dr. Jonathan Sherbino. And so he's been a mentor of mine since I was a, PGY one at a welcome barbecue, like, you know, I'm not going to say how long ago, but a while ago and we're both really old now. <laughs> I might've um, been at that same barbecue. It's okay. Exactly. And the, uh, the idea is that someone said you should go talk to him. And so I did. And he's been a mentor ever since in many ways. Um, and at the end of residency, I turned to him and said, Hey, so if I don't have to go to what we call academic half day, or you guys call it conference, um, if I don't have to go to that anymore, how am I going to learn? And he's like, I use Twitter. And I'm like, you're kidding me. I thought he was like mad messing with me. He's like, no, seriously, I use Twitter. And do you know what the deal with Smack is? And then, so he told me about the social media and critical care uh, conference. And I was like, what? And I, and I fell down that rabbit hole. And then yeah, shortly yeah. thereafter, um, around the same time, really, I sat next to Brent Toma, who's one of my friends and collaborators. You'd think that we'd been best friends forever, but actually... I didn't know him other than like he was just another guy that I knew at this conference at the Cape Conference, the Canadian Association of, uh, Canadian Association of Emergency Visions Conference. In 2013, we were doing an academic symposium on medical education scholarship. And he was like, I know you. I'm like, I know you too. He's like, can I sit with you? I'm like, cool. Um, and he started complaining about how no one respected his blog as scholarship. 
And I just looked at him like he had two heads. I'm like, what blog? And he showed me his blog at the time. <laughs> it was called he Googled it. We were on Wi-Fi. And I was like, oh, cool. He's like, yeah, I've been like reflecting on my studying. I've been thinking about how I can improve the world. This whole movement called FOMED. I'm like, what's FOMED? And he, he was basically my guide. Right? He was the, uh, the rabbit that, that took my Alice down into Wonderland. Yeah. I think a lot of us have had that same experience and it's, it is really fun. And as you were kind of going through those various milestones in your evolution, like I was reflecting at the same time in parallel on my exact same evolution, meeting people for the first time who I'd met online. I was on Twitter, I think in 20, whatever, 2014 or 2015, but didn't really use it except to put up my podcast episodes, didn't engage with anybody, you know, reticent nervous am I doing it wrong so let's just not do it at all and then jumping in you just meet all these people and oh my goodness the learning and the scholarship it's bananas these people are so smart but it's not just that they're smart they've leveraged the technology to make it effective efficient quick and 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 then also recallable you can save it and then the last thing that I that I think that you said that I like the most it's a leveler no one really knows if I'm an attending, if I'm a resident, if I'm a professor, it doesn't matter if you're engaging earnestly, if you're thoughtful, if you're presenting good content, people will read it. Some of the smartest and most engaging people, some of the people that I reach out to via email for advice, they're medical students and residents and who cares? I just want some advice. I don't care what place they're in. And that is a sea change from when, from, from when I was in training, that wouldn't have happened. Yeah. So on the flip side, um, I think it really resonates with what you're saying. It doesn't matter if you're a community doc. It doesn't matter if you're an academic ivory tower doc, right? Like the idea is that Twitter allows us to all have access because geographically we might not be able to access, but uh, then the digital space geography becomes a, a non, like, non-issue, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so that's very interesting. The other thing to note is that I think today we actually had a really good conversation where I started chatting with our site chief about whether or not we had a carbon monoxide, like a point of care carbon monoxide um, detector. And then, um, you know, another site chief chimed in and said, I don't know if we need it because we can just send the labs, the VBs turn around quick. And then lo and behold, a lab technician chimed in to our conversation and said, guys, like, honestly, it takes 20 minutes and we have to manually load it. So even like with like two of us working as fast as we can, like the fastest you could get if you had 40 patients show up, you know, like in a mass casualty situation would be like an hour and a half maybe. Wow. So I was like, wow, that just like exactly speaks to your situation of uh, what you're talking about, right? Like it's a leveler. It allows us to have interdisciplinary, interprofessional um, simultaneous conversations that then are actually sometimes asynchronous. This conversation, I guarantee you, will get picked up by someone else and someone will add something and it will probably be three days before we end the conversation. And I think that that's, there's great power in that. Obviously, there's a lot of threats to safety as well because I think a big part of the reason why people don't want to share is because they're worried about saying something that people will misconstrue. I definitely had that happen to have someone rant at them or like, give them a hard time over something. Um, and, you know, especially for the women out there or people who uh, identify as other genders uh, beyond women, uh, it can be a hard place, right? The internet's full of trolls. And so learning how to handle all of that also is is another angle that I think now that there's increasing number of women, like strong women, like Esther Chu um, and Dara Cass, these docs are just like 
changing the world. And it's amazing to have a group of people there um, standing on standby to help you if you're ever in trouble. Let's take a minute and talk about this idea of learning. And you said a few minutes ago, this idea of mentorship. You had, and I've identified some really important people that helped you get into the pool and learn how to swim. And now you're, you know, Olympic freestyle 50 meters. Who's reaching out to you to say, hey, Teresa, hey, Dr. Chan, I really want to learn about this. I see you, <laughs> I, I, maybe they found your blog, maybe they found your social media, maybe they found the podcast. There's a lot of ways for them to find you and realize that you have mm-hmm. a tremendous amount of subject matter expertise. Who is reaching out to you? And on the flip side, are you actively reaching out to other people to help bring them into the water? Yeah, so actually one of the people that reached out to me fairly quickly as soon as he took his office is my departmental chair. Wow, uh, yes. local chair of Department of Medicine at my university reached out to me and said, will you be our social media lead? I did some negotiating that was really bad. And then he came back at me <laughs> with a better offer than I asked for. And I was like, oh, this is weird. And um, But it, it, it was awesome. And now we have a small team of two really amazing, um, actually, communications like assistants that we've hired this summer. There are summer students that are undergraduates and they're just doing a great job. So I'm going to give a shout out to Sheetal, um, who's one of our um, interns and, uh, and Peter McDonald, who's also doing great work. And so both of these people are like young, amazing people who are teaching me how to like create uh, social media strategy, how to actually formulate uh you know like align to all the branding standards because they're experts in that and it's amazing so you've gotten to a different level which i like though it's not the ad hoc hey can you answer a quick question for me these are formalized arrangements yeah this idea of an organization an institution creating a social media portfolio it first of all it's really smart and when you hear it said out loud it's like well of course but that's the razor's edge of this that must feel really exciting yeah, well, I mean, I'm not the one that set it up. I was empowered by someone who had the know-how enough and has a Twitter account himself to see the space and wanted to, as a Canadian, I have to say, skate where the puck was headed rather than where it was, right? Um, and so it. my chair, Mark Crowther, is just an amazing guy. And he's in a specialty hematology where there's a lot of Twitter action, a lot of advocacy around sickle cell and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and he thought it was hilarious because he's on the organizing committee of the American Society of Hematology. And then he was like, what? You want to invite Teresa Chan from McMaster to speak? And he was like, I didn't even suggest you. It was someone else. That's crazy. And so it was interesting because in this space, again, we're breaking down those silos and it's just really cool to see. And I think that um, he sees the power of all of this. And so just like any CEO of a Fortune 500 company that might not be the best on you know all these platforms because there's so many of them. Um, he seconded that to to me, and I've hired out to other people um, to advise us to help us build our brand and be stronger in that space. And I think we're doing the same thing with Canadian. We have like a dedicated social media lead, Avin Formosa, and he's just done amazing things. He's like not a doctor yet, so I'm not going to tell him you know, like Dr. Favosia, but he is on the lookout for a great emergency medicine residency. And, um, and, and I think any group will be lucky to have him. And I think these are the kind of talents that you see. And I think that what you will see is that um, in both, uh, most of the big companies, the, the seat at the table as a social media director 
is someone that's probably under 40 or around 40. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Sometimes you're just the, you are the, sometimes you feel like the little kid at the big table, but it's actually really important to notice that that generational shift might be something that as a more senior leader, you just lean into it and just be okay with being mentored from someone who is less experienced, but more experienced in other ways. I think that that's another way that's leveling the playing field is allowing for that. Most of the editorial boards and journals are now seeking someone who's dedicated on the social media front, right? So um, that's actually how I first got my talent spotted is actually the Canadian Journal of Emergency Medicine under the previous editor-in-chief, Jem Ducharme. He like recruited me hard to say, will you our social media? Will you be our social media editor, right? Um, and I just finished my edit, uh, editorial internship as a social media editor for another journal, Medical Education. So I was like, sure, I think I know how to do this now. And I did it in a different way and created a strategy and did all those kind of things. And, and, and it really helped with kind of like raising awareness of the issues that we had and increasing viewership and, and all the things that he had wanted. And I think that was a great foray into learning how to do it. Seth Truger, another often collaborator of mine, um, is now the social media editor of uh, JAMA Online. I think they actually call him the digital media editor, which is pretty amazing. Like we need to come up with some good nicknames and terms because he he likes to. I get the mm-hmm. sense that he likes to kind of ride out ride out on the uh, on the jibe train on Twitter. He likes the he likes exactly. to jokes and stuff. So we got to get after Seth just a little bit. Yeah, well, I mean, like I think. Everybody's watched his star rise on, in this um, realm, and I think that social media has had a huge effect on him as well. And, and I think both of us can com- commiserate about how it's it's been it's been really big for us. Too. I remember the first time I got a tweet from Seth that had his little hat tip emoji. I think he likes the Clint Eastwood one. Oh yeah, <laughs> and I was so favorite. excited. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, and so I think that uh, this space is very interesting. So yeah. I mean. If there's a journal editor out there that hasn't thought about having a social media person, it's a great way to talent spot new talent. Brent and I both held that position. Now we got sucked into being decision editor. Now I'm an associate editor at CGM. Like it's definitely a pathway to groom people and bring them on board and give them a slice of that pie, especially since it's a volunteer organization most of the time, right? Totally. This is a great way to talent spot someone and bring them in as new talent. So And it's uh, rocket fuel for a career for sure. Yeah. Are you are you reaching back to or not back? Are you reaching across to medical students and residents to people who are rising in our field mm-hmm. and creating curriculum where it's not the sort of suggestion but more of a this is part of the work now and here's how you can be a part of it. Yeah, so even junior faculty members. So we have uh, through Alium, the Alium Faculty Incubator, where people kind of mix both digital and traditional scholarship and learn how to do, juggle and do both. Um, so that's a that's a, not a free uh, program. It's a paid for program, but it's like pennies on the dollar to most of the other CME programs. It's a year's worth of uh, asynchronous discussion and content plus one live meeting for like fifteen hundred dollars. Like. And I mean, there's a small conflict of interest here because I get a teaching stipend, but I actually have to teach the entire year. So I don't think that's too much to ask, right? Um, And then the other uh, kind of opportunity is that we have the Canadian Digital Scholars Program where people actually can um, self-identify and that one's free. And basically you sign up and we just, uh, I can't release their names yet because they're embargoed, but we've just selected our three uh, new digital scholars for next year. So we're scaling. We've been taking one at a time, but this next year will be three. So really excited. 
Um, and then there's the junior editors program we have at Canadium as well. So that's for like medical students who might want to dip their toes in, but want to be in a safe way. So they apprentice and learn things like how to upload blog posts, maybe make infographics, uh, edit po- a podcast, and they do all that stuff. And uh, and in exchange, they get to tap into a social network where they get mentorship from each other, from us. Um, and that's kind of something that we've outlined as well. Actually, we've been pretty nerdy about this. We've outlined our paper in AEM education and training. So if you want to read more about that, um, it's online there for you to look at. What do you think is next? We've got this, we've got this admixture now where some of the, the really high volume users are not necessarily on all of the platforms that you identified. I think that the, the elephant in the room in terms of a place that we haven't figured out yet is Instagram. When you look at usership, users are on Instagram and it's oh, yeah. not close. Yeah. How are we going to fold Instagram into this? Because college students, everyone, basically everyone from like fellowship on down, they're all on Instagram where, you know, you mentioned you're kind of just paddling out. I'm just paddling out, mm-hmm. but that's where people are. Do you have a sense of how we're going to turn Instagram into real rocket fuel for this? Because it's there for the taking and I, I'm not, I'm learning it too. Mm-hmm. But the people who have mastered it are again, in this idea of leveling the playing field, they are not, they're, they're coming up. Oh, I think we recruit them. Yeah, um, yeah. Evan um, is just natural at Instagram, and I can't think in that way, but I'm starting to learn. And uh, we have, uh, at Alien, we have a dedicated Instagram editor. His name is Gabe Subario, and he's excellent at it. He makes yeah. videos. I'm like, what are you, how are you doing it? Like, and, you know, it's, it's not rocket science. When he shows it to me, I'm like, oh, you're just using iMovie, got it, right? Like, adding some, like, audio and stuff like that, but... Like he's done a good job at it and it's kind of seamless for him. And I'm, I'm in awe of his uh, prowess. And could I get as good as him? Probably if I tried, but do I have the bandwidth considering I have all the other things that I do? Maybe not. And I think this is exactly the thing that Mark Crowther was like, he could get really good at Twitter, but he was like, why don't I just find someone who's good at Twitter already and just hire her for the job. And that's what, you know, like, I think that we got to think about that if we're looking to expand. And if it's something that you're passionate about, like you are a very visual person, let's say you're someone who's like uh, one of our infographic leads at uh, Canadian Alvin Chin. And you're just like, he's a doc, but he just is a very visual person. And we talent spotted him to help with translating the AHA guidelines in 2015. And since then, He's taken off. He's in PGY four now in this July, and 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 he's given his like second international talk on infographics. Like it's amazing, right? Like it's just amazing. Yeah. yeah. So like he's uh, he's an expert in his own right. He's published papers on it, and, and we're working with, um, right now with uh, several organizations to to do some of that stuff, right? So I think that's huge. He's helped translate the PCARN guidelines. And the AHA is approaching us to do some more stuff with Canadium and partner up too. So he's got a small empire of academic work that he <laughs> done residency. Like he's in yeah. like midway basically. It's amazing. Of all of the things that you're doing and you know, we've talked about, I think we've kind of moved through the checklist at this point. Which one are you the most excited about? Which is the one or is there one that stands apart as this is, boy, this is going to be something I'm doing and driving for, for the rest of my career? Um, I think the thing that I value most actually is that human contact and ways to mentor people. Yeah. And I would say that uh, above all else, the thing that I have found is most rewarding um, is the ability to actually connect with people and foster them on their way. 
whether that's digitally um, or in person. Um, locally, I'm the program director for like Canada's first clinician educator program. So there are over 40 trainees in our program who are all learning how to be a clinician educator. Um, being able to sit down with one of those uh, folks and just kind of like do a coaching session about goal setting and figure out what they want. Uh, that really gets me inspired and I want to go then help other people, right? And, and I think that by helping people who then will help others, it's about amplification. It's about making sure that we are helping those who are the ones that also need the help. I think we just need to create that network in the community that can help foster everyone to be more successful. And, and that's what I'm most excited about. So whether that's um, running a workshop with some pre-meds and getting them to play the board game. High school students, we've had them play the board game, and by like turn six of the board game, there's eight turns in a game. Like they're talking like PGY2 residents. They're like, yeah, like, don't worry about the minor zone. Let's go ha handle the recess and then we'll come back, right? Like, you're like <laughs> OMG, like what's going on here? I and love it's just it. amazing, right? Like, um, to me, I think it's about connecting with people in some way, shape, or form. And I think it, whether that be a digital way, whether it's in a way where you can actually like produce a board game and get like emails back from South Africa and say, I played it with my little girl and she's inspired to be a doctor now. And it's amazing, right? Like that's the kind of stuff that like, I think is pretty cool to see. And it doesn't matter what the media is. I think it's about creating that opportunity to, to connect. And I think that that's what makes me most excited. What I'm most excited about is the idea that people like you, and I'm serious, when I asked you this question, your immediate response, you didn't have to reflect, it was, I get to help other people get where they want to go or help them figure out where they want to go. And honestly, that's, just, that's what I love about this work is it's building, it's, there's this community of people whose first reflex is to lift up people next to them or push people next to them. And I just think it's so great. And that is so invigorating and it makes me want to come back for more too because people help elevate me i get to help do the same with others and then we're all kind of pushing in that same direction whatever the objective is that is that's good that's good stuff mm -hmm. so i think that's that's basically the secret to kind of what makes me super excited um i'm really bored but i have to do something for myself actually <laughs> yeah like honestly the papers where i was first author and i'm like the main accountable author didn't like it was really hard to get motivated on them um but yeah, if there's yeah. a med student sends me a draft i edit it like the the next morning it's 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 so different like yeah like when well, this have, is gonna be this is gonna be hard for you then i'm gonna ask you to to let us know where people can find you and we'll have links and and all of the good stuff from the show notes but where are the top two or three places for people to come and find all the great stuff that dr chen is doing so if you're nerdy like I am, then um, I would definitely say Google Scholar. You can just put Teresa Chan. You might put McMaster in there, but if you go to googlescholar.com or .ca, uh, you can actually just put in my name, and I have a Google Scholar account, and that will link you to all the nerdiness that I've produced over the couple of years. And if you're interested in understanding more about quality appraisal of um, of uh, blogs and podcasts and thinking critically about this space and where academia might go. If you're interested in learning about serious games, we have that one paper. If you're interested in understanding some of the innovations that we've been laying down over the last couple of years, then that's a great place to go. If you're like looking to connect, Twitter is probably my go-to place and I'm uh, TKNMD, so at TKNMD, so T-C-H-A-N-M-D. And uh, I actually have uh, a website, although I haven't updated in a little while, tchnmd.com. 
Um, and there you'll find up links to a whole bunch of different of my projects and you get to, um, I try to make it more like a behind the scenes, kind of like the director's cut of my career, um, where I get to make commentary about like, you know, how this project launched into another, into how it's connect all connected and, and links to the people that have been important to me. Uh, so that's, I think, something I'm still working on to see if I can connect kind of the dots and keep a paper trail so that people understand uh, the, all the people that have actually helped make me successful along the way. And uh, I think that uh, those are kind of the main things. I, I mean, I have a LinkedIn account. That's another way if you want to message me, that might be a good way to message me if you want to go with longer messages. And that's what I would suggest. Yeah, we will track you down for sure. And, and all of the links for those are in our show notes as well. What a treat. This, this was really exciting. I was really looking forward to this because I had a sense of how much you've done. I've looked at and read and listened to a ton of it. But hearing that energy and excitement and passion that you have for it is it just, it's, it's so motivating and it's so exciting. This was really special. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thank you. I'm super caffeinated right now. That's probably what you're picking up. <laughs> well <laughs> done. Right. I love it. Good. Anyway, but thank well, you so much fantastic. for the opportunity. Yeah, it's great to have a conversation like this. Thank you for listening to Explore the Space. Visit us on our website, explorethespaceshow.com. And please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at ETS Show. And you can email Dr. Shapiro by writing to mark at explorethespaceshow.com.